Okay. Um, I heard this song earlier today. I'm going to talk over the talking because I can do that. I heard this song earlier today and it made me happy. And I know people have had a hard weekend due to the news of Kobe Bryant and his daughter's untimely passing. Um, but I'm determined to remain positive and give you guys something to take your mind off of it. So, Kali mm, Uchi said the sun will come out. So, the sun is going to come out. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, welcome back to Single Black Dot Podcast, a podcast about being the black face in the white space known as the predominantly white institution. I am your host, Isis. And um, I wanted to... <laughs> I wanted to start this podcast by celebrating a black woman because the rest of this podcast, oh dear God, the rest of this podcast is just me grappling with the fact that y'all hate black women. You really do hate to see it. I have a peach pear LaCroix over here. So if I sip it, please um, ignore that. Um, but y'all really, y'all really out here just like blatantly hating black women, but the black woman I would like to celebrate on this here very day is Miss Megan Thee Stallion. She released um, B-I-T-C-H and it is a song that I think is after my own heart because it's melodic, but it's trap, but it's like a tribute to Tupac, but it's like modern because I, hot take, spicy, I think Tupac's boring, but I'm also from New York. So, I mean, there you go. I really don't think Tupac was all that great of a rapper now his cultural impact is undeniable and blah 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 blah. he was cute whatever had a nose ring i get it but like if we're talking bar for bar biggie was that nigga and that's okay but megan the stallion had her i think biggest release that single b-i-t-c-h and i was one of the first people probably to stream it when it dropped at midnight and I fell in love with it and I think Megan Thee Stallion is such a budding cultural phenomenon at this point that I think it would be reckless of me if I didn't you know use my platform to acknowledge the fact that she is doing I don't want to say female rap because at this point Megan the Stallion raps better than most of these niggas. We we're we're quite aware that her and the baby are running circles around the rap game. And Roddy Rich, all of them running circles around the rap game. Nobody is really touching them at this point. Like there's people I enjoy, obviously. There's people gonna be around, obviously. But when it comes to like new, fun, exciting, I wanna know what they're gonna do next. Megan the Stallion's at the top of my list. I don't really care about yours. If it's not Megan Stallion at the top, it's it's incorrect. So I really admire kind of the way that she's been able to navigate this male-dominated sphere the way that she does, as bombastically as she does, um, making claims like, <laughs> um, you can go find a new bitch, but you, when you find out uh, she ain't like me, you're going to be real sad. Like, making claims like that in hip-hop from a woman's standpoint has been usually relegated to like the outskirts of hip-hop but to have it at the center to have a huge debut like over a million streams in like a couple days that's sick like that's that's nasty like that's crazy so I'm like 
really excited to see her career and where it goes and I don't know I just I also just want to shake my ass like her but that's not something that I have the genetics to do so we gonna work on that um every Trinidadian just like roll their eyes at me but it's fine it's fine I some of us you know are a little a little slower on the loop okay a second gens we didn't grow up a carnival down the down the street okay down the road so poison tone says the waistline took a little longer to develop. I get it. Cool. I just let me catch up. Okay. So yeah, stream B I T C H. Um, it slaps. Um, stream Sugar when it comes out because that's the first single off of her um new album. Apparently, it's called Sugar. Sugar is like the new alter ego. There's Tina Snow. There's Hot Girl Meg, and now there is Sugar, and that's like I guess her sensitive side. I don't know. Does Megan Thee Stallion have? It? I mean, she's an Aquarius, so I'm inclined to believe that she she does have a sensitive side. It's just a side, like we won't see it. Um, but if she explores that in the music, like I'm, I'm be here for it. She ain't gonna make no sappy love songs or anything like that. I feel the vibe, like I can sense the vibe. If B I T C H is any indication, and her working with Pharrell, I saw some videos about that. If any of those things are any indication as to the direction of this album is going, sonically, it'll be a little softer. Because Fever was very... Fever was like my workout mixtape for a minute. Like, very trap-heavy, very southern, very... I'm gonna shake my ass to ever track. Whereas, I think Sugar, I think she'll explore a more melodic side of herself or a more... Me, I don't want to say musical because like when people say musical uh, it just feels elitist to me as a musician like everything if it's if we call it music then it's music we don't need to say music is musical or it's not like but definitely more melodic definitely more um sing-songy probably more experimental in sound especially working with Pharrell um he likes to try things that haven't been done before so I am excited to see um so, uh, I said we was going to talk about things that institutions and people that hate black women. We're, since we're on the topic of music, we're going to start with the Grammys. The Grammys happened yesterday. I, the same day that Kobe passed. So I was not, frankly, in the mood <laughs> to see who won, who lost, whatever. So I ca- caught up, um, caught up earlier today. And Billie Eilish has five Grammys, um, which congratulations to her Billie Eilish has one of the prettiest voices I think I've ever heard um and she seems to sing like that one live two with minimal effort so I can (laughs) I can only imagine what she's gonna sound like if she tries um not to say that she doesn't try but I mean she's I have this problem with comparing every singer to Beyonce I'm sorry but she's no Beyonce like she's not doing anything acrobatic or technical with her voice she's just very beautiful but this is also her debut which brings me to my point Billie Eilish is a white newly 18 year old girl who receives a lot of help writing her songs from her brother and her debut album gets five Grammys um now while I liken this to people like Beyonce who have lots of Grammys Beyonce's first album wasn't Beyonce's first Grammy nomination 
remember she was in Destiny's Child. I know a lot of people like to forget that she was an artist before, you know, going solo, but she was. And um, I, I, I could easily say that Destiny fulfilled if it wasn't not if it didn't get a Grammy should have for album of the year. But I don't even think Beyonce has an album of the year award. I knew I know she was snubbed um, by the Grammys. And we now have court documents that prove um, that her album was definitely in the room on the chopping block in an effort to uplift a white woman, Adele. And even Adele was like, what the fuck does Beyonce have to do to get album of the year? So when I look at Billie Eilish getting five Grammys in one night for her debut, including record and I think album of the year over someone more established like Ariana Grande or Lizzo or her, um, I, I can't help but wonder, um, who the fuck is in charge of this shit, bro? Because I don't know if you're aware, but somebody who the CEO of, of the Grammys, I don't know her name. She's a woman, uh, which is cool. Um, the CEO of the Grammys is taking the Recording Academy to court um, over issues of discrimination. And I've seen some of the parts from the court ledger I don't be knowing I should be a lawyer but like I don't want to go through all that schooling uh, <laughs> it's really hard so um I don't really care about the terminology but I think part of the court documents say that there were employees who were gay that got discriminated against there were employees that were black that got talked shit about in slack which is like professional group me um there were Beyonce's Lemonade was on the discussion table for a, giving an award for I think album of the year if, if I'm not mistaken um and people were upset and this is something that I think slipped out before this lawsuit happened but people who were a part of the recording academy were saying that essentially how dare Beyonce decide that she bends genres you know how dare she decide that she belongs in country or that she belongs in rock like categories how dare she so as punishment they didn't give her the album um and the, a lot of the same things happen particularly in the rap category I think we can all recall that year that Macklemore won over Kendrick Lamar's to pimp a butterfly to pimp a fucking butterfly Macklemore that thrift shop nigga yeah I think that was the moment if people weren't convinced already that they realized that the Grammys were racially rigged and I am glad that the CEO of the Grammys is taking their own organization to court over this um, because it's ridiculous. So I think Tyler, the creator, said it best when he accepted his award for I think it was like best rap album, which uh, Igor was not a rap album. He said it when it dropped that it's not like any of the other shit he's ever made. He's only ever made rap albums. Um, so he he himself was kind of confused, but I think he said it best where like he feels like, you know, I'm glad that I'm able to um, be recognized on this international platform. But on the flip side, um, I didn't make a rap album. And I made a pop album or I made an R&B album or I made a soul album, whatever the hell he wanted to say, he, whatever he submitted his album for. 
that's what I made and it should be recognized in that category but I feel like these urban pop and these rap categories are the nigger categories y'all don't want to say it but they are they're the nigger categories so like okay the niggers they get their grammy like this is what they want Ooh, let's keep you know the rest of our categories pure and this is a trend that we continue to see grammy after grammy so i don't i'm not really gonna follow the grammys closely because i don't you know fuck with that after you know really after the macklemore shit but especially after the beyonce snub and adele is like bitch i should not be up here after that i really don't care but you know seeing a very popular with the whites white girl because i feel like ariana grande is kind of universally beloved by everybody and i don't know why she didn't get her things why she didn't sweep i don't really know but i think Billie eilish is like edgy enough to where the grammys can be like no we celebrate real art you know not all not these pop girls who can just drop two albums within you know months of each other after such traumatic events sell out arena tour no 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 not them but you know this edgy indie girl with this beautiful voice yeah we celebrate real art at the grammys like they gave me very that very pretentious hoity-toity i want to celebrate real art when in actuality bad guy was the biggest song of like 2019 so i mean how how different really can be in that regard um so i i feel bad for all the black women who have been snubbed but lizzo got some of her things um again they were like in the urban category so she got her nigger things but i should really stop saying the the n-word with the hard er but like nothing really gives me that punch you know in 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 conversations about race like using the er because i think i think the the reclamation of the term by black people while it's beneficial for us because it allows us to to find unity amongst a a disgusting term i think at the same time like if you say with the a you it's real casual i need to put the er on there i need to dot dot my i cross my t you need to know that this is a race issue so i'll put in the er at the end okay that's what i'm doing so while we're on the subjects of of (laughs) institutions that don't really fuck with black people um the theme of today's episode is like massage noir um which is misogyny that's directly related to black women um because (laughs) at the intersection of race and gender there's a unique experience that i don't think a lot of people who exist outside of those margins would understand which is why white feminism is a thing and which is why black empowerment movements in my experience because i'm insular i'm within the community um (laughs) tend to uh, be dickheads to women and blame women for a lot of this like the issues that are going on within the black community um and i think (laughs) i think in big media representation you really see it in like tyler perry's films so i don't know (laughs) i can't i can't even begin to talk about a fall from grace because oh my god because i'm thinking about the wigs the budget for the wigs was probably like 36 dollars like i let me start from the beginning (laughs) 
because I this is the first thing that was that man's hard ass lace. Anyway, if you haven't seen A Fall from Greece on Netflix, it's a Tyler Perry film. If you would like to call it that, it was shot in five days, you can tell. So if you would like to watch it, go watch it. I'm not gonna give you like a play by play recap of the situation because uh, I. You can go watch it. It's on Netflix. If you need the password, hit me up. I got you. Uh, <laughs> but um, I want to talk more so about Tyler Perry as an individual and sort of like the trends that I have noticed um, throughout his career. I just want to make it very clear. I was never a huge Tyler Perry fan. Um, in the beginning, like when I was younger, probably like middle school, that's when Medea was like a huge character. And um, Medea was not my grandmother, right? When we talk about the black experience, we have to talk about how multifaceted the black experience is. The black experience is. So for me, my grandmother was a, a West Indian woman, you know, who doesn't really do all that extra shit. Like she, she didn't. She was a lot, but she wasn't that. Um, so it was, it was wholly unrelatable. And then like there was a very heavy-handed um southern religious um element to his plays and to his early movies that again I just did not relate to I was raised uh Catholic so we were in church for an hour at max and then that was it you know what I'm saying so like these long church services these very big extended church networks was not something that like I truly got and then to top it all off, I'm not from the South. So it's just the, Tyler Perry's depiction of blackness from the jump, for me and my perspective, is one dimensional. It's a very specific lens. It is his lens that he operates from because he, black man, raised, born and raised in the South. So that's the culture he knows. And while I admire people who create art, loosely uh create art through their lens it's important to understand at some point you stop speaking for just for just for yourself and Tyler Perry knows he's not speaking for himself anymore which is why I'm particularly disappointed in his depictions of of people (laughs) in his in his movies particularly black women now I was watching uh, a couple months ago and I rewatched it after I watched a fall from grace because I just I just had to understand what the hell I just saw but also I wanted to get her opinion for Harriet uh, on YouTube I think her name is Kim Kimberly uh, she does commentary a lot of social commentary stuff very similar to like what I do just she does it in YouTube video format and uh, she talked about acrimony which <laughs> How did Taraji P. Henson get on that fucking boat? We will never know. But um, she talked about acrimony. And in her discussion about acrimony, if you were to take the audio and just replace the characters' names, it would be the exact same description for a fall from grace. We have a black woman who's been hardened and and destroyed by this black man and now she has to get herself out of trouble and it's like how 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 many times are we Tyler Tyler can I talk can I call you Tyler how many times 
are we going to go this route where you have a black woman going through these trials and tribulations because of a man and somehow she's supposed to come out on better on the other side um for whatever reason i just i want to wholly enjoy a black woman in a tyler perry film and i don't think that's an experience i've ever had even with the Medea films, Medea isn't the main character. She's just the star. Does that make sense? So if you've seen it, it definitely makes sense. But that that's kind of the feeling I get. I've never like watched a Tyler Perry film and just had a black female character that I just rooted for the whole time. Um, I've seen some good Tyler Perry movies. I think Diary of a Mad Black Woman is really good. I think... Uh, why did I get married and why did I get married too? Both of those are really good. I heard that a family that prays is really good, but I, again, religious elements, not, uh, 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 not really my gig. So that might just sit on the back burner. But I'm watching A Fall from Grace at work because I might as well technically get paid for doing this, right? <laughs> and, um, like my first half of notes is just me talking about how bad the wigs are. So I'm just going to keep scrolling through those. <laughs> um, but the main black character um, or the successful black woman always has, you know, a fat, dark skinned female friend. I've even seen it with um, Tyler Perry's show Sisters, where there is like the group of sisters which are all, you know, conventionally attractive black women. And then there's the fat friend. And that's gross to me. <laughs> like, why why can't she be part of the group? Why can't she have the center narrative? Is it because she is not conventionally attractive? Is, is it because you can't formulate a plot about a woman that does not center her sexuality or her attractiveness? What, what or her relationships with other men? Like, what what is it? Like, I don't. I don't see <laughs> the diversity. I don't see the skill. Just because you have an all-black cast does not mean that you're actually trying to make anything diverse. Like I said, you're, the black experience that Tyler Perry depicts is not mine. So from the beginning, we are dealing with a multifaceted experience that's just funneled through this very specific and particular lens. And it's frustrating to watch <laughs> it's always been frustrating to watch I've never really understood where the hype came from um and I, I I just hate watching successful black women women in pain because of their success that's a reoccurring trend in a Tyler Perry film that because this woman is so successful because this woman has achieved so much she cannot be happy. There is something fundamentally wrong with a black woman achieving the level of success that she has. Like lawyers, a uh, doctor. He loves a good lawyer. Now that I'm, now I'm really thinking about it, he loves a black, strong black lawyer who can't find love. And it's like, that's so fucked up <laughs> on so many levels. Um, because... If any man is intimidated by a strong black woman's success, it's the man's fault. It's not hers. And any of her difficulty in finding love 
or finding i don't know compassion or companionship or anything of that nature is is there i mean there's something like we all have to work on ourselves yes i get that um but at the same time it's like well where does the buck stop like where where can i see the successful black woman also have love and not struggle to find it or not let herself or her her ambitions get in the way god forbid a woman be ambitious that's just the vibe that i get from tyler perry's shit it's just like how dare this woman have ambition also how dare this woman stand up for herself because a lot of the men in Tyler Perry's films are allowed to be trash without consequence. Whereas the women, when they are trash, there is consequence. And that's not cool to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, why Why do you have a double standard in this world that you have created? Because it's your lens. Because you hate black women. That is the answer. But, you know, how, how can you create art like this? Now, I keep saying this is Tyler Perry's lens, but, like, doesn't he have writers? Doesn't he have, like, other directors? Baby. Baby don't trip. No, no, no. He does not. Um, apparently, Tyler Perry thought that it was a point of pride to <laughs> film the stacks of scripts that he has on his desks for The Oval, which is a show on BET, and also Sisters, which is another show on BET, um and uh, the oval is awful i watched a couple episodes when i went home for christmas break it's trash sisters is bad okay but those stack those scripts are stacked up on his desk and he talks about how it's all him there's no writer's room it's just him so you have this i don't know how many fucking lots studio studio bigger than universal i think is what i heard down by the airport in atlanta which is like the black mecca at this point there's so much black talent art there's so many people trying to get their voices heard trying to put their lens on screen right you admonish people is admonish the word you talk shit <laughs> about people talking about oscar so white because you believe that, well, if the white people won't make room for you, make room for yourself, build your own table. And while I respect that and I understand that, can we, and what's the point of building a fucking mahogany table if can't nobody sit at it? Why do you have a table if you're the only one sitting at it? Why are you not giving other young black creators opportunities like you said you would? Nigga, you's lying. <laughs> And it shows in your work. It shows in the fact that this shitty ass Scrape the Netflix movie was shot in five fucking days, my nigga. Five days. Cinco? Are you, are you crack? It has to be crack because there's no other reasonable explanation for you to think that you have a good product in five days whilst you are also writing these other shows. So your creative tanks are spent, Tyler. That's why you keep going back to these tropes that paint black women in this negative light. I'm tired of it. I'm tired. Ugh. Black men, it, it's so hard. <laughs> I was having this conversation earlier about a topic I'll get into in a second, but I was, it's so hard 
to root for black men when black men want to have their cake and eat it too because black men want people to rally for them right when injustices happen they want everybody on their side black women black non-binary folk and other black men and even people of other races right all on their side join me join me in my struggle ah 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 stuff's happening people are dying i'm getting incarcerated this is affecting me and my livelihood and our population please help but then when the turntables okay when the turn tables black men are nowhere to be found so when black women are going through things when black women are saying okay but like tyler perry i understand that you're trying to give black actors and actresses jobs and create a studio to where you can employ black people and queer people i get i see the vision tyler it however you have to stop painting black women in a misogynistic light if you want us to take you seriously you have to stop relying on these tired ass tropes if you want us to support you you can't say that you want our support as a community and you turn around and you shit on the leaders of the community because at the end of the motherfucking day black women you know what i'm saying black women lead the community they keep the community together so you can't shit on the pillars of the community black men are the black men are only publicly and when i say publicly i mean outside of black spaces acknowledged as pillars of the black community i.e mlk malcolm x huey newton because they are men because when we really get into it, black women were, were the ones really running this shit. From the jump. All the internal communications of all of these civil rights movements, black women. Angela Davis was never a black panther because the black panthers never addressed gender issues. Female black panthers spoke on the march, march on Washington and their mics were cut off because they started talking about intersectionality. They weren't using the word intersectionality at the time because it wasn't a term yet. But they were talking about the unique experiences of being black and woman. And it it sucks to have your very complicated existence stripped down to you being angry because you're successful. You know what you had to see? It. Speaking of successful black women being angry, uh, Gabrielle Union. <laughs> oh my God. So, Miss Gabby, um, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually approach this story from a different angle, because I think the angle from which you come at this story affects the opinion. Poison Tones. I will change direction. We're gonna start with Terry Crews. So, I don't know if you remember, because I barely remember, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know if you remember, but I don't know if it was last year, or in 2018. This was like, maybe like, at the height of the Me Too movement, right? So, it might have been 2018. 
not entirely sure but terry cruz comes out and says that he was sexually assaulted not assaulted assaulted (sighs) sexually harassed i think it's better assaulted is a little more violent than harassed sexually harassed by a very powerful white man um in hollywood and in his coming out about this story he expressed that he was afraid to first react in the moment because terry cruz is huge big black man presumably smaller white man um big black man going crazy doesn't know how to control himself what's wrong with him you know easily falls into the scary black man stereotype um and then he kept it to himself after the incident occurred because he was afraid of the backlash like a lot of the me too survivors were afraid of not being believed afraid of the backlash afraid of like their careers ending and their reputation you know going to shit as it happens for a lot of people who come out about their sexual assault experiences so um black men uh jesus christ black men uh weren't really fucking with him when he said this and i distinctly remember terry cruz going back and forth with people on twitter for a long periodically time um about whether or not it was gay for him to (laughs) for him to not say anything to be sexually assaulted and not punch him in the face and not say anything about it and not try to you know get back at him the, the, the abuser and you know ruin his career he there must be something fundamental essentially there must be something fundamentally wrong with terry cruz's masculinity for him not to have said something sooner a lot of black men took that position but you know who stood up for terry cruz there's a theme today's episodes have you have you have you gotten in i said it for the third time black women uh, black women including gabrielle union stood up in defense of terry cruz because sexual harassment and sexual assault, unfortunately, is a common part of the black female experience. So when we hear, particularly black feminists like myself, when we hear of any gender that's been, you know, assaulted, we automatically like are like, okay, what happened? Do you need my support? How can I help you? How can we get this resolved? What, what are the best steps for us to take? Like, that's immediately where I go to. So with the Terry Crews incident, for me and for many other black women, including Gabrielle Union, it wasn't really an issue to support him in that time. And Terry Crews made it clear that he, at the time, uh, appreciated our support and that he acknowledged it and he would try to be a better ally for us. Oh, speaking of Gabrielle Union, I don't know if you've heard recently, but um she was fired from America's Got Talent because she expressed concerns about discrimination going on behind the scenes. Um so in the more technical elements, producing, camera work, stuff like that. She was fired for bringing up concerns about discrimination. I would also like to say that America's Got Talent is one I think it's owned by Fox which should tell you a lot (laughs) 
And then the, I think the host before that was Nick Cannon. And Nick, when this news about Gabrielle Union getting fired from America's Got Talent, I think Nick Cannon's chimed in and said that, yes, that is the culture in America's Got Talent. They don't want you to be too black. They don't want you to be too ethnic over there. Okay. And um, Mr. Nick Cannon, host of Wild and Out, uh, is very ethnic. So I can imagine him leaving in favor of putting, you know, more time and energy into Wild and Out, I presume, into his other ventures. Um, was oven related to discrimination that was happening behind the scenes. So Gabrielle Union's claims based on Nick Cannon's experience um, have been substantiated. They were substantiated for a while, right? Terry Crews, as recently as like a couple weeks ago, said in an interview that he cannot ex- it attest to the claims of racism that Gabrielle Union experienced. Um... Or sexism, I'm sorry, because he doesn't experience sexism, but he says that in his time there that he hasn't experienced any racism. Uh, And, you know, (laughs) if this wasn't Fox and America's Got Talent, um, I could treat this with a little more, I could comb it over like with a little more nuance, but because... I understand the intention behind people running with this and saying, well, Terry Crews said that no racism is happening. So there must not be any racism happening, even though you have two people who I think are a little more black and experienced <laughs> than Terry Crews. Cause let's, let's, let's be real. Let's be honest. I've seen a lot of interviews with Terry Crews. That um, black father shtick that he had from Everybody Hates Chris is acting. That's not how he is in real life. Whereas Nick, uh, while and out, I went to Harvard for a semester. I wore turbans and I interview rappers every week. Uh, Canon. <laughs> uh, Nick been about a bag. Canon. Um, he says something. Gabrielle Union, who has been a champion for um improving the the lives of actors of color particularly black female actors she's been on record saying that she'll deny roles if she knows they're not paying other people enough or she'll call up people like hey they're about to offer you something demand more money she she has been a champion for fighting against racial discrimination terry cruz does not have a fucking rap sheet in this arena Okay, so I am not inclined to believe that Terry Crews is is gonna like stick up for Gabrielle Union, especially out of the sake of his job. Because again, this we're talking about Nick been about a check cannon, and Gabrielle Union, who her her movie career, she's sad, baby. She's doing this stuff because she wants to. We can't say the same about Terry Crews. I'm sorry. This is the truth. I. I don't, I don't lie. This is the truth, okay? We can't say the same thing about Terry Crews' career. So he probably needs this America's Got Talent gig more than Gabrielle Union or Nick Cannon did. I think it's very intentional <laughs> that they keep hiring black hosts um, to potentially cover up for the fact that they're discriminating against people behind the scenes. But I find it, the reason I take such issue with this is because 
black women went to bat for Terry Crews. And then Terry Crews decides to tweet. Um, oh my God. Twitter, Twitter should be deleted from the internet. But Terry Crews decides to tweet, there's only one woman on earth I have to please. Her name is Rebecca. Bitch, who the fuck is Becky? Not my mother? Okay. You don't have to please your mother? My sister? Okay. My daughters or coworkers? You don't... So the only woman... Who is Rebecca? Your wife? I will let... And this is the part that really, really, like... I don't know. Sent me over the edge. It's not this part. Because if you only have one woman to please in your life and that's your wife, that's a religious thing. And again, I don't do the religious thing. So whatever. But this is what really got me. And this is what really pissed me off. I will let their husbands, boyfriends, partners take care of them. Nigga, we're talking to you. Terry Chris, Chris, Terry Chris. Um, excuse me. We're talking to you. You are an adult. We are adults. We're having an adult conversation. You felt the need to open your mouth about an experience that you can't relate to. You shouldn't have done that. And instead of being like, well, this is this is not my experience, but I stand with her. I stand with Gabrielle Union and her decisions. You decided to coon out and be like, you know what? I don't have to please any of y'all. And that's disrespectful. And it's particularly disrespectful for all of the black women who fought against other black men and white women and white men to defend Terry Crews in his, you know, sexual harassment story. Like, you're going to turn around and I think his wife is white. So this really just adds like another layer of like, yeah, you don't care about black women, even the ones who birthed you. Even the ones you gave, you assisted in giving birth to. You don't give a shit. That's tough to have those same black men turn around and be like, "Mm, actually, it's fuck you. You know what I'm saying? It's so frustrating, particularly since when we talk about the intersection of being black and being woman, if I have to tackle the issues that, you know, apply to me being black, black men automatically fall under those issues. But when I talk about the issues of me being a woman, there are white women who automatically fall under those issues. But at that specific intersection, because I think Gabrielle Union was also warned about her hairstyles, like braids and stuff like that, which is an experience that is unique to black women, right? When we talk about that unique intersection, it seems like we're alone in the crossroads and it's eternally frustrating because like, damn, we're doing all the work. We're shouldering all of the responsibility of this fucking community we're raising the kids we're building up leaders we're going to school at you know the highest rate in the country we're doing everything that allegedly that we were supposed to be doing and yet we're still getting the shortest end of the short stick it's fucked <laughs> the shit's fucked okay but i think for for as messed up as it as it feels at times um I am eternally propelled by the fact that there are other black women 
that share my experience. And there are other black women who don't share my experience, but I still need to fight for them because their fight is my fight. Um, and it makes me think about kind of my place in predominantly white spaces when we have so many like internal conflicts. Like how do we, you know, form a unified front? But, you know, I mean, at the end of the fucking day, we can create this shit, so. And there is no group of people that exist where everybody, you know, agrees. And we should be allowed to deal with the conflicts within our group as they arise. And we shouldn't have to feel like we have to present ourselves as perfect to be accepted by white supremacy. Because, I mean, to be frank, is that, like, why do you want to be accepted by that? Why do you feel that appealing to this evil creation designed to keep you oppressed will somehow liberate you you know so we can we can get messy in public we can have discourse we can have that and i think having public discourse talking about our issues bringing our issues to the forefront including that of massage noir and its perpetuation throughout the black community is valid and it's beneficial and it's important but it's also very important for people who are not part of that conversation to shut the hell up (laughs) shut up shut the hell up seriously because once people who aren't black start chiming into the conversation people who are not black tend to want to control the narrative because that's the thing about black spaces everybody feels like they're entitled to them which is why i'm the only motherfucker on this microphone okay because this is my black space that i've created that i'm allowing you into if you would like to participate in it you can hit me up on social media at single black dot on Twitter at euphoric noise on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, this podcast is on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and a whole bunch of other places that I can't think of right now because I switched over to Anchor and I have an ad read next podcast. <laughs> we getting that sponsorship money. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Uh, I love you and you should love this podcast too. Goodbye.